Now time for the BCHL Podcast, presented by Subway. Here's Finn Williams to end the game to the floor. Yeah. He scores! There's a backdoor play. What a goal! Zach Michaelis! Rolling puck in front. Tied up in skate. Rowan Clark with a heroic save. My goodness, Rowan Clark. What did you eat for pregame? Real balls, real shoot scores! Patrick for Nick Real. Donaldson driving the goal, wrapping around. He scores! Brilliant goal by Sean Donaldson. Schleppi to the goal. Once again, he scores! Oh my word, Tyler Schleppi with a dandy! Three on one. A move. Vito back to a move. What a save by May. Coming across with the left leg. My goodness. Hey there. Welcome to the BCHL podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. Well, BCHL fans, it's finally here. It is time for the BCHL playoffs. For the first time in two years, the BCHL will hold a postseason. As most of you remember, the last time we held the playoffs, it was canceled after the first round when uh, the COVID pandemic started. So the league actually hasn't handed out a trophy since 2019. So almost three years ago when the Prince George Spruce Kings won the Fred Page Cup. So needless to say, everyone around the league is very excited to get this postseason going. Uh, And it all starts tonight. Uh, There's one game tonight, which is Thursday. And it is the Trail Smoke Eaters heading to Penticton to take on the V's in the lone game tonight. Then things really pick up tomorrow night on Friday night uh, when there are seven games going on. Uh, So things really starting to ramp up here. So we thought it would be a good idea to tee up some of these matchups with a few interviews on the podcast today. And that's exactly what we did. So we have three great guests today. But before I get to the guest list, I want to remind everybody that the BCHL podcast is presented by Subway. Subway is a longtime partner of the BCHL, and we thank them for their continued support. All right. On the guest list today, we have three guests. We speak with Alberni Valley Bulldogs head coach Joe Martin. We speak with Chilliwack Chiefs forward Ethan Bowen. And we finish off with a conversation with Cranbrook Bucks defenseman Reese Bentham. First up is our interview with Bulldogs head coach Joe Martin. Joe Martin is in his third year at the helm of the Bulldogs. And in just three short years, he has the team in first place in the Coastal Conference uh, after a strong regular season where they finished a full 20 games over 500. The team is gearing up for a first round playoff matchup with the Cowichan Valley Capitals, a team they've had a lot of success against this year. But uh, listening to Joe talk, there's there's no way that they're taking them lightly. So uh, we get into this year's matchup, his uh, three years building this roster into a first place team and much, much more. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our talk with Alberni Valley Bulldogs head coach and general manager, Joe Martin. All right, Joe. So your team finished first in the Coastal Conference with a record of 35, 15, 3 and 1. Obviously, it was a good year for the Bulldogs. Uh, But as the coach, what did you like about your team's makeup this year? And why do you think you were able to be so successful in the regular season? It's a good question. I liked, uh, I guess, on different nights, um, you know, we relied on different people. Um, We not really relied on them, but I guess just, you know, players just... uh, different names kept popping up and having big nights um, all the way from first year guys to the expected uh, 20 year old players. Um, I think we uh, didn't struggle finding our identity, but uh, 
you know, we were coming and going start of the season right before Christmas. We seemed to hit our stride there. January, February had a bit of, uh, um, suspension and, um, you know, small injuries to get through. And, uh, I remember looking up in the crowd and seeing seven names out of my lineup that I wouldn't take out. And, uh, and we won big that night. So things like that, that, uh, just got spread across our, our whole group. I think that's a takeaway on our, on our team and what, uh, you know, why they did so well. Yeah, this kind of ties into that, what you were saying. Uh, you guys are a first-place team. You don't have a player in the top 20 in league scoring, but you had guys like Josh Zary, Stephen Castagna, Brandon Muir, uh, Josh Van Unen, who, who all had strong seasons. But uh, it seems like there was a committee approach to things this year. Why, why do you think that was? Uh, that was our approach. So I think it just, um, you know, it worked out, you know, in recruiting and talking to new players that, uh, you know, wanted to play in a – a system or a, a team that you know fair is the wrong word but uh kind of whoever's going goes and also at the same time uh rewarding you know loyalty and guys that stick here for you know we've got some players that are in their fourth year junior um rewarding those guys uh, at the same time they have to be held accountable too so i think it's you know it's a team approach um you know i think it's that's a cliche and i think lots of people can use it. I think we were, we had the ability to be, you know, really pretty deep in, in, in every position. So it, it was easy as a coach, uh, to rely on it. Um, and, and to, to use that kind of language, um, in your everyday practice and your everyday habits, uh, because the players, uh, you know, their culture really, they pushed, uh, you pushed each other to, to challenge for more ice time, to, to enjoy the team atmosphere, to get a win. I don't know what it was at the end of the day. What really uh, resonated is that, um, you know, our practices are hardworking and, and it uh, with a lot of pace and it, it spills into the game and it's not just the Zaries and the Van Unions and the Castagnas. It's the, the Nicholson's and Miladies and Benito's that are on our fourth line and, and sometimes healthy scratch. Like it's, it was all of them. And I think, um, you know, it's, he just, as a GM and coach, you, try to do the best, uh, obviously that you can every day. Uh, but at the end of the day it comes from that dressing room. And I think that, uh, the leader started it and then, then a whole nother group, uh, bought in and, and are, are taking it from there. Looking up the numbers this year, your team gave up the least amount of goals in the coastal conference. I know a lot of that had to do with strong defensive play, but your goalie Hobie Hedquist was also a big part of that. He finished second in the league with five shutouts this year. Um, what, what can you say about Hobie and his play this season? Yeah, the um, I think Hobie gets a little bit, uh, you know, I played him a lot down the stretch and um, more than I have any other goaltender. Uh, I think I was more uncomfortable with it than, than he was. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's, I wouldn't say struggled is the wrong word, but just like our team trying to find uh, that constant groove. And then uh, I think he caught on to it a bit quicker than the rest of the group. And, um you know, we just, uh, one of the, you know, better in quotation marks, uh, goalies I had, but, uh, um, his practice habits, just like I talked about with our group are very similar to his, you know, to his game. Um, he's a, I keep telling people he's a bit of a perfectionist. Uh, I used to think it was, uh, too hard on himself, but now I, now I really, uh, you know, I look at it in a different light. Um, he's a person that, uh, 
you know, I think it's going to play at, uh, at a few different levels after and, or has the ability to anyways. And, uh, um, you know, his seriousness also, uh, you know, he's in it just to win. He's not in it for the numbers. And I, I really like that about Hobie. He just, you know, just wants to win just as much as I do. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, the team obviously, you know, works really well with him, um, and for him and, and vice versa. But uh, I think just talking about Hobie as an individual, um, he, it's the desire to win a game. That's what sets him apart. I wanted to follow up on that workload. He played the most games in the year. He got into 42 contests this year. Um, so you, you mentioned that you weren't necessarily all that comfortable with it, but he was. Is it a situation where he's kind of pushing you and coming you t- coming to you and saying, hey, I know it's a back-to-back, but I can go a second night? Like, How does that dynamic work when you're trying to make those decisions? Yeah, the um, no, he doesn't. Uh, uh, Hobie and I don't talk much. Um you know, I think that uh, I, I really, you know, you use uh, assistant coaches and, and goalie coach. Uh, um, you know, Hobie and I just have a few words during practice. Um, you know, hold them accountable if I have to, which is seldom. Uh, the uh, you know, you have to kick him out of the net at times. Um, no, he just. Uh, he just played because uh, at times there was, uh, you know, there's people that uh, travel a distance to, to see him play. And I want to make sure that they have an opportunity to um, also at the same time, um, you know, he was, he was playing well and, and uh, you know, he makes the, the nights, like we didn't give up uh, a lot of nights where it was 40 plus or, or even 40. I don't remember that when that happened. I'm sure it did, uh, but I don't remember it. And uh, I know there's some 30 night saves and, um, but he handles the workload well, um, and the time leading into games, uh, he handles himself really well, uh, looks after his, his body warms up while cools down. Like he's at a different level with some of that stuff. And, you know, then some players and some players are really learning that on how to be elite and how to take care of yourself. And, uh, I saw those things, I recognized them and there's a few players on our team that, uh, do the same thing. And that's why they're good. Uh, every day as opposed to streaky um they're the same person and um you know basically those three names that you mentioned that you know lead us in scoring but uh they don't want to give up you know five points one weekend and then go quiet for a month um they're all the same guy every day and that's that's basically our team hobie is a you know when he plays that amount and when he's the focal point it gets a lot of the the notoriety um there's a lot of guys on our roster that do the same thing so your team went 21-4-2 at home this year. You had the second-best home record in the league. Uh, that has some extra significance since you clinched home ice in at least the first three three rounds of the playoffs. Um, why do you think you've been able to be so successful at home, and, and how do you plan on taking that uh, taking advantage of that in the playoffs? Yeah, I think that, you know, when I I said this in my, you know, a couple interviews or with people when I first came to Alberni, I think it's, you know, when you're traveling uh, – we're not that far away from Nanaimo, but it's just when you're coming here, it's a, it's a bit unique when you're going through cathedral Grove, it's totally different than the rest of the rest of the, uh, province or, or the BCHL. And, um, you know, it needs to be difficult here to play. And I think that, uh, you know, difficult could be in, you can categorize that word many different ways. And, um, 
you know, I think in my first uh, couple of years, we had it and then lost it. We struggled with momentum and, and keeping that consistency. And I think this group has uh, has done a really good job. Um, you know, first off, they're well supported. Uh, you know, by their organization and, and billets and all, and and everyone that helps these guys day to day. So I think they come to the right the rink with the you know the right amount of rest and the and the, and the determination to win. Um, but then uh, it's their Monday through Thursday. Uh, the work that they've put in coming, you know, getting ready for the game Friday. That's uh, and we have a deep lineup, so it makes the decisions really hard for me. Um, but it's ultimately the best for the hockey team. So they're just, you know, competitive atmosphere. Really, it's uh, it's what helped, um, you know, helped our hockey team to that record and uh, finding different ways to win by by different guys stepping up. Whether it's goaltending, uh, stellar defensive, um, you know, game or. Uh, or offensively, uh, you know, names that, uh, you know, jump off to you right away, or even, you know, guys that are in their rookie year that are, that just have a, a big night. It's just different guys have led us, uh, through the home charge. And, um, you know, it's, I think it call really comes down to those, how competitive they are with each other. Um, when no one, no other teams see them. So this is your third year in Alberni. You joined the team to start the 2019-20 season. Uh, the Bulldogs finished second last in the Island Division the year before you took over, had a record that was 13 games below 500. And now fast forward three years, you're a regular season conference champion. Um, so taking kind of a, a bigger picture view, what was your approach to building the team and into kind of how you envisioned and, and what it is today? Yeah, I say that, uh, you know, this this roster is um, reflective of, it's easy to say that because we're, you know, we're, we're in a, it looks nice at the top of the standings. Um, but it, you know, it's the truth. This roster is reflective of as to how we want to be. Um, reminds me of, you know, one of the teams I had uh, in the past where, you know, you're any, any player can, can jump out and, and have a big night offensively. Uh, they all understand the forwards all understand uh both sides of the puck can can play uh, in a penalty killing role um, and an offensive role. I think that's one of the reasons why you know our power play is never right up near the top. Is our, our forwards are um, two way hockey players, kind of like third line NHLers. You know, if they ever reach the NHL, but like third line type of NHL players, um, that's who we are. And I think uh, you know it makes us hard to beat. At uh, the same time, it's uh, we do we you know it's hard to score at times, but I think um, the group and is uh, like Stevie, Zeri, and Van Union are leading the charge that way. But the, and Bursey, those guys are pushing themselves offensively um, throughout the years and in, in climbing. But I think it's just uh, you know the 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 roster really is reflective as to the hard work that uh, over a couple of years. Um, and it's hopefully that the year after year we can continue this uh, continue this pace. Um, it's a lot of work, but you know I've watched. Uh, numerous clubs in the past in this league do something similar and you pay attention to what they do. And, um, the, uh, there's a couple of teams that did a really good job. And over the years that had, you know, whether you want to call them dynasties or whatever, but they were good for a long time. And some of them are still are really good and they get players that want to stick around. Um, they get players that are really good elsewhere that want to go play for them. Um, and you look at the final four right now and, and pro a lot of those names continue to, and those teams keep rising to the top and, you know, it's not just a fluke. It's not because they live in a nice city. It's, 
the fact that those players that go there and play in that program, they get better. And uh, that's ultimately what we're trying to do here is move players on to get and getting better. And um, my assistant coach is doing an amazing job of that and um, keep finding ways for our players to continue to continue to grow. And I think that's the, you know, that's one of the, one of the reasons why, why we had success, but it's also one of the, you know, that's what I'm, I'm going to try to do is, is, is keep that success and continue having players, you know, move on and, and do a, a great job when they do go on to college. So <clears throat> focusing on the task at hand, you have a first round matchup with the couch and Valley capitals. Uh, you went seven and two against them this season. Obviously nine games is, is a lot to play one team. So you know them really well um, in your experience, given that you're so familiar with them, what sort of challenges do they present as a first round opponent? Oh, I think that, uh, you know, they've made some roster decisions throughout the year that, uh, you know, there's some young and old on that team and they, uh, they play extremely hard. Um, their four check, uh, is one of the better four checks in the league and, uh, they can get momentum. They play in a tough rink, uh, to play in. Um, we played them a lot, uh, early January. Um, I think we caught them at a good time when we were playing really, really well. I'm not sure how they were doing as a group, but we were playing really well. So I think the seven, two, um, season series is uh you know we're a bit lucky uh not lucky but i think the those four games where we played them i think the seven two doesn't really give it justice because you know there are some games in there where it's uh scoring was wild and there's some games in there where they were really good and um you know i i still feel like it's just because you know we finished first that's that's great um but you know the bulldogs are really not one of those teams that you know, people, uh, I think that people do respect us, but they, you know, they're still all waiting for us to, you know, fail in a way, or, you know, I'm not uh, trying to enter into what other people think, but we're still not the upper echelons of this league. Um, we're still trying to build and this group has a lot of work to do. So it's whether it's Couchin or if it was Powell river, who ended up, ended up being, it's still feel like a little bit of an underdog. Um, it's, it's just, I don't take uh couch and lightly at all. And, they're, they work extremely hard and, you know, we've seen in years past and I've been there in, in years past where you, everyone expects you to do something. And the next thing you know, is you didn't do it. Uh, so we'll just one game at a time. And, and it's a, it's an important one here at home on Friday. Last question for you. Uh, given how this season has gone, um, you're obviously hoping for a long playoff run and, and eventually to, to bring home a championship. That's the goal for every team. But uh, what do you hope to see from your team um, this postseason uh, to accomplish those goals? Maybe what are some some early signs that you, you hope to see um, in, in the first round series that could lead to a, a long playoff run? That's a good question. I think that uh, looking for our group to you know, play the game that, uh, that we can, I think, um, we, we did that, uh, heading into, you know, for the large chunk of 2022, the final couple of weeks, um, when we were flirting with whether or not we were going to get first place, I think, uh, there was, we, we were close to putting to, together 60 minute, um, efforts, but there was times when we got away from what we were doing. So I think just looking for that, uh, making sure that we're playing the right way and, and playing uh, as a group. It's uh, I think we play a very simple game, and but when you take uh, one or two guys 
out if they're not playing uh, the right way um, or not the right way, but they're not playing our way. Uh, even one or two guys out makes a huge difference and uh, we're susceptible to lose those nights. So it's getting 20 guys regardless of what kind of uh, um, energy they have that night is, is, is playing our way and, and giving us all the effort they can. And it's all you can ask for. I think as a coach, um, you know, the rosters, uh, in good shape and our health is in good shape. So if they give us that, um, I know we're heading in the right direction and, and I like our chances, uh, over seven games. Um, but, uh, everyone's, you know, everyone's in the same boat. Every team is, and they're, they're out there to d- disrupt the other team's momentum. And, you know, we'll be aware of that, but, uh, you know, focusing on, on ourselves and making sure that, uh, we bring the most out of these guys every day. All right, Joe. Thanks for the conversation. Really appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys on the ice on Friday. Thank you very much, Jesse. Thanks a lot to Joe Martin for taking the time to chat with us. All right. Next up is our chat with Chilliwack Chiefs forward Ethan Bowen. Bowen is in his fourth season in the BCHL, all of it spent with the Chilliwack Chiefs. Uh, Despite missing a chunk of games this year due to injury, he still averaged a point per game. He had 43 and 39 contests, 18 goals and 25 assists. Uh, And he was part of the Chilliwack team that uh, rallied for six straight wins at the end of the year to climb into second place in the Coastal Conference on the last day of the season. As a result, his team will take on the Coquitlam Express in the first round of the playoffs starting on Friday night. Uh, So we get into uh, previewing that matchup. We also talk about his recent commitment to the University of Vermont and speak with him about his relationship with the Anaheim Ducks, who drafted him in the 2020 NHL entry draft. So let's get right to it. Here's our conversation with Chiefs forward Ethan Bowen. All right, Ethan, your team won six straight games to finish the season. Uh, you managed to jump into second place in the conference. Uh, as you guys were getting down to the, the last few weeks of the season, was that a goal that, that you had in mind, knowing that it was possible if you went on a run like you did? Oh, for sure it was, yeah. Uh, our coach, uh, that was the first thing he actually said when we came back from the island. Uh, we played Alberni, and then we came back to the rink on a Monday. And then he said, if we win our next six, then we can be able to jump up in the second. So we all took that pretty seriously and we all wanted to be second place. So we all put the work boots on and uh, we went to work. Yeah. Beyond finishing higher in the standings, how does it work to your advantage to, to finish uh, second rather than third or fourth? What, what, what do you think uh, the benefits are by doing that? Uh, home ice advantage for sure is probably the best benefit that comes out of there. Um, in playoffs, you know, you always want home ice advantage. If it goes into game seven, you want to be playing that in your barn. So, um, that was one of the biggest things that all the guys knew about on my team is that we wanted to, to play on our rink if it came down to the wire, because we know that we play our best in our rink and we just know like the bounces and stuff. So that was always in the back of our heads. So taking a look back at those six games, what did you see from your team that maybe you think you can carry into the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. We were super physical. We were playing fast. We were keeping pucks moving. Uh, We were just doing all the little things right. And I think if we do that during playoffs, then uh, we'll be pretty successful. From a personal uh, point of view, looking at your season, you did miss a decent chunk of games. I know you, you dealt with some injuries throughout the year, but you still managed to put together a good season. You averaged over a point per game. You had 43 points in 39 games. How did you feel about your game this year? For sure. You know, there was definitely some uh, highs and lows this year for me, but that's for every single hockey player. 
that plays the game. But, um, yeah, you know, I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent season. Um, uh, you know, the team was really good this year. Uh, all the guys are super nice and stuff. So, um, it's a really fun locker room to be around and it's a really fun team to be on too. So you're, you're one of the leaders on the team. You've been in Chilliwack for four full seasons now. Um, knowing that you're one of the leaders and one of the top players on the team, are there specific ways that you think you can step up in the playoffs to make sure you go on a long run? Are there ways that you want to challenge yourself? What are you expecting from yourself uh, in the playoffs here? For sure. No, I just want to play a, a fast, physical shooting type of game. So I feel like if I do that, then a lot of a lot of younger guys on our team will uh, will follow in my footsteps. So that's something that I'm definitely going to be bringing into uh, all the playoff rounds that we're in. And then, um, yeah, you know, just show the younger guys uh, what it's like to play in uh, the BCHL playoffs. So we, you and I have spoken a few times over the years, um, and, and something that's come up a bunch is that 2018 national championship that the, the chiefs won. Uh, you were an affiliate on that team, um, when the chiefs, uh, hosted the RBC cup and won at home. So you got to experience the big crowds cheering you on, which I know is, was extra special for you because Chilliwack is your, your home. So how much do you appreciate it this year, having those fans back in the building after playing without them all of last year? Oh, for sure. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, you know, after playing 20 games last year with zero fans in the building, um, you kind of took the fans a little bit uh, for granted, but definitely not this year. You know, it's great to have all the fans back in the building and be able to hear their noise when we're playing and stuff. So it definitely bumps up the atmosphere and definitely gets the guys more jacked up to play. Yeah. And I, I guess you're probably expecting an, an even higher level of uh, support for the playoffs, eh? Hey? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, the Chilliwack, Chilliwack fans are always there, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So looking ahead to that first round matchup, you're taking on Coquitlam. Uh, the Expressor is the, actually the team you beat on the final day to clinch second place. Uh, you played them a lot this year. You went seven and two against them. Uh, you know them really well. So what are you expecting from them in the first round? Yeah, for sure. You know, Coquitlam's a good, fast, physical team. Um we expect them to be super physical, to lay uh, a lot of hits, finish every single check. They play a pretty simple game, though. So they just like the chip pucks in, uh, grind us down from down low. So I feel like if we are just, I don't know, match that or um, just play with our speed and our skill and stuff, I think we'll be we'll be good. We'll definitely be a good se- uh, series, though. Going back a few a few weeks and a few months, you you recently announced your commitment to the University of Vermont. Uh, what was it about that school that was a good fit for you? Why did you end up choosing that program? For sure, uh, you know uh, Vermont was a super good fit for me because uh, Todd Woodcroft is the head coach down there, and uh, we have some connections that uh, go through like the hockey world and stuff. So. Um, connections lead up to more <laughs> connections and then it was just i don't know it was just one of those things that everyone was happy with and i was super excited um to be able to commit to there and just uh go down there and see their program this summer and stuff and uh they're definitely uh on the move right now they uh they'll be a really good team next year and then the following years after that so i'm super excited to uh join that program yeah and it just so happens a few of your other teammates committed there this year as well you got uh xavier henry dawson good specifically uh i imagine that should make things a little easier for you uh when it times when it comes time to head there oh for sure it is yeah you know always having a couple of your buddies go down with you to your uh college isn't too bad so i'm literally really looking forward to uh spending the next four years with those boys and uh just see just seeing how it goes (laughs) 
So you're a, a 2020 draft pick of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I know things have been different for prospects the last couple of years because of COVID. There haven't been uh, necessarily the same opportunities for camps and stuff like that um, because of travel limitations. But um, do you have any plans to attend a, a development camp this summer? Do you know what the next steps are for you on that front? Uh, how's that all yep. going? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, they usually hold their uh, development camps from anywhere between like July 18th to like the 25th or something around there. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm going down there this summer and then I'm really looking forward to it, you know, just uh, see the facilities again and just see all the all the players and stuff. So it's definitely something I've been thinking about and something that I'm looking really forward to. What's the relationship been like with them since draft day? Did they are they in contact with you? Are they giving you any advice? Do they just kind of let you play your game? What's what's that dynamic like between you and the team? Yeah, for sure. Uh, they they we talk quite a bit. We talk probably twice twice a week around there. Um, they actually just came out uh, last weekend to uh, just watch some hockey and stuff, but. Uh, we'll usually talk probably like twice a week. And then, um, if I need anything or if I need to see some like clips or anything, I'll just like, uh, ask to see some clips and they'll send, send me over a bunch of clips. So they're super helpful in that department. And, uh, they really take a lot of pride in, uh, developing their draft picks. Last question for you, bringing it back to, uh, the playoffs and the task at hand. So, uh, you guys got a strong team this year, obviously, uh, finished second in the conference playing really well to, uh, to finish the season, carrying some momentum with you. So how far do you think this team can go this year? Uh, I think we can go pretty far this year. We had a really, uh, close, uh, group of guys in that dressing room that, uh, all want to win the, win the same thing. So, uh, we're all locked in, we're all dialed in, we're, uh, we're ready to go for Friday night awesome ethan well thank you so much for joining me really appreciate it uh best of luck to you and your teammates in the playoffs thanks for having me appreciate it what would you call a new crispy chicken sidekick made by subway sandwich experts with seasoned chicken breast free from artificial flavors a crispy golden brown coating and freshly prepared just for you at subway we call it the complete package introducing our new crispy chicken sidekick only $3.99 only at subway and only here for a limited time subway eat fresh freshly prepared for your order limited time at participating restaurants extras additional plus tax huge thank you to ethan bowen for the time all right now it's time for our last interview we speak with cranbrook bucks captain reese bentham Bentham has been a part of the Bucks for their two seasons of existence in the BCHL. He was a part of the Bucks team that played their inaugural season in the Penticton pod last year. Uh, but this year is acting more like the team's first in existence since it's a lot more of a traditional hockey season. They're getting to play games in front of their home fans. So he and his teammates have been soaking it up all year. The fact that they're playing in front of home crowds and as he mentions about 2000 fans every night. So we talk about how the first couple of years have gone for the Bucks and for him personally. Uh, we get into their first round matchup against the Prince George Spruce Kings, which starts on Friday night. And we also talk about his recent commitment to Yale University and how education played a key role in that. It was a great conversation, so uh, we will share it with you right now. 
All right, Reese. Last year, uh, you and I actually spoke right before the pod season. The Bucks were getting ready for their first regular season games. I know it was kind of a, a different environment in the pod season. No fans, no playoffs or anything. So a lot has happened since then. You guys are now pre- uh, prepping for the team's first playoff series. You've been along uh, for the entire ride here. What's it been like being a part of this team and experiencing all these things for the first time? Uh, it's been pretty pretty awesome. I've got to see a lot of growth within our team, within our coaching staff, and within our organization. And it's, uh, it's been awesome to be a part of. You know, it's, it's uh, pretty special to be a part of a team that's grown since day one, so I'm pretty happy. Yeah, and last year, obviously, there were no fans in the building um, in both the fall exhibition season and the pod season. Uh, but this year has been different. Uh, Cranbrook looks like they've been getting great crowds for pretty much every game. How's it been this year to finally play in front of those fans? Oh, it's great. You know, going from zero fans last year to over 2000, every game this year, it's, it's, it's awesome. There's kids around the tunnel all the time after games, there's kids waiting for us to sign stuff. So it's pretty surreal. You know, uh, the fans really do make a difference around here. I, I believe they're one of the best in the BCHL, if not the best. And, they really get it. They really get into it. It helps us on the ice. So your team's coming off a strong regular season. Uh, you finished fifth in the interior conference with a 29, 22 and three record. Um, obviously lots of positives to take this year, but uh, from your assessment, what have you liked about the team's play? You know, I like how, uh, how fast and how hard we forecheck. We're a pretty puck hungry team. We like to get on the hunt. Um, and then also our, our goalie and our defense, we've been pretty strong recently, keeping a lot of goals out of the, out of the net. So I really like how tenacious our team is recently and how, how strong we are on the forecheck. Um, so you're actually the Bucks captain this year. Um, so is that something that you've done in the past or, or is it kind of a fairly new thing to you? Have you, have you been the captain on teams in the past? I have been the captain on teams in the past. Yeah. Okay, but uh, taking over as captain for this team specifically, um, how have you handled that? How have you approached uh, your leadership role on the team this year? Uh, it's a little different than usual because, you know, I'm not the oldest player on the team. We do have a bunch of 20-year-olds this year that are older than me and a few 2002 players. But So it's a little different, but I've, I've learned to grow with it and make changes and just kind of show my maturity a little more than I usually would. And uh, But I, I've adjusted, you know, can't you can't just be yelling around a lot you got to get everybody in the mix and i've had a lot of help from my other leaders too the assistant captain so it made it pretty easy uh so i want to ask you about another one of your teammates uh and that's tyson dick he's he's had an incredible season this year uh he finished fourth tied for fourth in league scoring in his 17 year old year uh, he's a prospect for the 2022 nhl draft you've had a front row seat to all of it so uh what's impressed you about tyson and his play this year Oh, everything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. It's like a, it's like a mag, the puck's a magnet to his stick sometimes. <laughs> I swear. Uh, he's, but he's just all, he's all around guy. He's a great guy in the room. Loves to get outside away from the rink, play some disc golf. That's our big thing. But you know, I can't, I have no bad word to say about him. He's just, he works all, he works hard and he's, he's good for a reason. I, I'm not saying it's not luck. He, he puts in the effort and he's, he's a 200 foot player. So looking ahead to your playoff series, you guys are playing the Prince George Spruce Kings in the first round. Uh, you finished three points apart in the standings. You went two and three against them this year. So seems like a really tight matchup on paper. How do you think the two teams match up? 
I think it's going to be a really close matchup. They, uh, they're a good team over there. They're, they hit hard. They forecheck really hard. They, they're coached well. So I think it's going to be a really close battle. I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a close matchup. We both play with a lot of speed. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, you're you're a defenseman, obviously. So I'm guessing you're you're quite aware of the the weapons they have on their team. So who who stands out to you that that as guys that maybe you'll have to p- uh, pay extra attention to on the ice during the series? Uh, I definitely say I didn't like playing against that uh, Nick Raum guy. He's pretty <laughs> big, and uh, you know me not being the tallest guy, you know he, he battles pretty hard. So that's one guy that I'll definitely be watching out for. So this series also involves a lot of travel. Uh, the teams did not opt for the two-three-two format, so that increases it uh, even more. Um, how does your, your team ta- plan to prepare for that aspect of things? Uh, since our travel is never usually very good, you know, getting in at seven a.m. Uh, is pretty common for us after a weekend trip. So we're, I think, we're pretty well. We're ready for the long travel. I know we only went up to PG once, but you know, we're used to staying in the hotels, we're used to long bus rides, and we play good off the bus, so I don't think we're too worried about it. How excited are you for that game three when it's going to be your first uh, first home ge- uh, playoff game uh, in team history? What's the atmosphere really going to be like there, do you think? I hope we can get as, as close to sold out as we can. That would be pretty crazy. We do have a pretty big rink, so even though we do pack in 2,000 fans, we still have a lot of open seats, so I'd love to see what it's like when it's full. But I think it's... Uh, going to be pretty exciting i've never i've never played in front of more than 2,000 fans so it's going to be pretty surreal switching gears a little bit here um you committed to yale university quite recently uh before we talk about the hockey side of things um i imagine education had a lot to do with this given yale's reputation as well um so what's your approach to education and, and why was yale the right fit for you there yeah i, I growing up i always was pretty school focused I would always believe the whole student athlete student comes first. So when I had the opportunity to go to Yale, it was a, uh, it was a no brainer for me and my family. You know, it was too good of an opportunity to pass up on the, the history of their education as well as their hockey is just, it's too good for, uh, for me to pass up on. And I was over the moon to hear that, that they wanted me. And then from the hockey side, obviously that's important too. Uh, why did Yale make the most sense for you on the ice? I, I had a, I got a, got to know their assistant coach pretty well there from phone calls and we saw the game the same way we we thought defensively the same way whenever we'd have talks uh, talked about my games and their games and we always we always agreed upon what was going on and I have uh, my our captain from the beginning of the year last year he's at Yale this year and I talked to him a bunch too and he said how much he loved it and how much of a fit I think it would it would be a good fit for me to go there. Last question for you, bringing it back to the playoffs. Um, obviously, the goal is to go deep and go on a, a long playoff run, see as far as uh, see how far you guys can go. So, um, what do you need to see from your team um, as far as style of play, work ethic? What What are you looking for um, to maybe get that done and go on a long playoff run? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to come down to three things: uh, four checking the pucks, getting into the greasy areas by the net. And then also how well we can defend and break out pucks. I think if we can put all those three together, we'll have a good recipe for success. 
Awesome. Thanks so much, Reese. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Can't wait to see what the Cranbrook crowd is like uh, for game three. Uh, best of luck to you and your teammates. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that'll do it. Another episode of the BCHL podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Before we go, I want to uh, thank Subway, who is the presenting sponsor of the BCHL podcast, and also shout out our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this thing together behind the scenes. Uh, Since it's the first weekend of the playoffs, we have a ton of content at bchl.ca for you. Um, We have a preview of each conference going through the four matchups on each side. Uh, The interior conference preview dropped yesterday. Coastal Conference will be up today, so look out for that. And because the regular season is over, that means it will be time to hand out some hardware soon. On Friday, we will announce the finalists for the League Awards. Uh, So watch out for that announcement tomorrow. And then after that, of course, there will be the All-Star teams, first and second team All-Stars, all-rookie teams, uh, and then eventually, obviously, the League Award winners. So Still lots to come. Uh, Keep your eyes on the BCHL website for updates or uh, check out our social media. And we are at BC Hockey League on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the games, and we will talk to you next week. Bye.